Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon on this cold Tuesday. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we talk with Canada's senior climatologist, David Phillips. He reflects on weather in 2022 and has an outlook for the winter. He says this week's bitter weather will moderate this weekend. And the winter should be, get this, warmer than usual. We chat with a senior economist with Farm Credit Canada who predicts interest rates have peaked but won't show much downturn in the coming year. So we have some good news on a very cold day. My car wouldn't start this morning, so I'm a little cranky over that. A discussion on canary seed. Levies was discussed last week in Regina. We have an update. And the farm weather's in its usual spot. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Canada's senior climatologist David Phillips releases his top 10 list of weather events for 2022 tomorrow afternoon. Phillips says it has been a different year for weather compared to 2021 on the prairies. Well, you know, it was an interesting year. I mean, I was so focused on last year with it was like the, you know, the killer heat and the the terrible droughts and the flooding in British Columbia and the forest fires. I mean, it was uh, dramatic and spectacular last year. I thought, well, this year is is kind of going to be tame in a way. Well, I mean, it wasn't tame. It was not as eventful. And I think it certainly, but it was, you know, try telling people in farmers in, in parts of eastern Saskatchewan and Manitoba that, hey, um, um, their precipitation, uh, rain and snow this year was was normal, or the last three years has been normal. Well, anything but normal. I mean, what they've had is two of the driest two years on record, followed by the wettest year on record. So, I mean, that can average out to be normal, but it was anything. You don't have successful farming when you're when you have those kinds of that variability. So, I think this year a couple of things. It was a lot of storms this year. You know, last year if we had more storms, it might have not been as as a, as a, an impactful year. But this year. We had, of course, the uh, Fiona, the hurricane. We had wild winds in Ontario and in and on the prairies. I think July was sort of a wow for me, uh, a really stormy month. So we had, I think, there were four super storms, supercell storms that just wouldn't leave you alone. Uh, affected the the prairies, and uh, in fact, if you looked at the, the the damage from those storms, and they were they had rain and they had strong winds and lightning and hail and. and and it was just a really a 
a devastating kind of a situation. And um, if you total all the property damage, not crop damage, that's something separate. I mean, I'm sure it was a big hit in terms of crops, but in terms of just property damage, it was a quarter of a billion dollars, those four storms uh, together. And so they were the perfect kind of setup. You had that heat and humidity from the states. You had storms coming across the top. And then, of course, you had crops growing first time in a long time because June was a wet month that you could have actually some evaporation taking place, which, of course, fuels the storms. And so there were uh, a number of big events. I remember uh, the... um uh, the the uh, at the Craven uh, is it the uh, big uh, the jamboree there or the the, the uh, country music festival? I mean, it was more like a sea of mud out there from geez, these really heavy amounts of rain and hail. My gosh, it was just uh, bombarded uh, and tornadoes. I mean, Saskatchewan had 24 tornadoes this year. I mean, I think Manitoba had five and Alberta had maybe 12. So all of the action was from tornadoes. Now they were little guys, but my gosh, there was one day, I think it was June the uh, June 29th, there were six tornadoes in the province broke out and another family of tornadoes at the last, uh, near the end of July. And and then uh, two days later, uh, there was a hailstone, uh, not, not in, in Saskatchewan, but in Alberta, that was the size of, get this, the hailstone, the size of a DVD. I mean, come on! It was one. It was the the largest hailstorm ever in Canada, and one of the largest in the world. So there were a lot of storminess, but also I think the other thing that I think stood out for me was the the return of hot, dry weather under the dome. We've heard about the dome last year. My gosh, it came in June, lasted 12 days, killed 600 Canadians, and uh, but the dome this year came much later. It was more in mid-August and to to October. It provided kind of a a really a beautiful fall. And I think farmers in Saskatchewan, Manitoba, who were complaining about all of the wet weather they got, and they said, you know, we couldn't plant for, you know, for four weeks. And in fact, we're going to plant whatever we can plant when we can get on the fields. You couldn't get on the fields to plow or to plant. And uh, seeding was, you know, four weeks later in some places. And then, so farmers were saying to me, you know, what we really need is a really late harvest, you know, because otherwise we're not going to have any chance. There's not enough growing uh, uh, days to, uh, to create. Well, nature heard your prayers and because what it produced was really one of the most gorgeous falls on record. In fact, uh, residents in Saskatchewan, Alberta were saying, you know, when they're used to it, S- September cold and snow in September and October, they called it autumn. It was so warm and wonderful, great for harvesting, and so the crop was harvested this year and not uh, not the fall year. I think one other story from the prairies that kind of uh, hit uh, hit home to me was how cold it was at the beginning of the year. From really Christmas until in the new year, there were some really, really cold conditions. I think in, in, in Regina, for example, uh, there was a, a temperature on that uh, on December the 28th, the end of the year, it was minus 39 degrees. I mean, that's matter what Celsius or Fahrenheit, it's the same, it's the same unit, uh, minus 39 degrees. And then that was certainly the coldest moment since 1884 on that particular day. So it was cold began, the fall was kind of uh, dark and dank and damp at times, and June rains came like they do, and they did also in July, and then, boy, things dried out in the fall. David Phillips is a senior climatologist with Environment Canada. Coming up after the break, he discusses this week's weather and the winter. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. 
This portion is brought to you by Conexus Credit Union. Canada's senior climatologist says this week's bitter cold weather will only last a few more days. David Phillips says temperatures will start to moderate this Christmas weekend. Well, we certainly see the week before Christmas, boy, it's really been, it's going to be really cold. I mean, we're seeing temperatures that in, uh, in, in Saskatchewan, I mean, should typically in southern Saskatchewan should be a high of about minus nine. Well, we're going to see highs of minus 24, minus 22, minus 26. The lows are a little lower than you'd, you'd see maybe into the high minus 20s or early uh, low minus 30s, where you normally would see about a minus 21. So clearly going to be cold, but here's the good news. My gosh, we see a warm up. We think the first, the week before Christmas could very well be your coldest moment of the winter. I looked at the maps this morning, and for January across the prairies, across all of Canada, it shows a warm, warm, warm. Now, not July warmth, no, but certainly milder than normal. And we see that going on. So I think the really the worst, the toughest part of winter is behind you. Now, the only thing I would wor- I would be concerned about is the dry conditions. The fall, there was no recharge, uh, very little. And so what you really want is some, some moisture. So snow would be white gold to growers and farmers and, and uh, maybe not to commuters, but certainly we need that. It's good for the economy. And you don't lose your crop in January, but my gosh, you'd like to have some of that moisture to fill out the dugouts and sloughs and potholes. So my sense is that we see it warmer than normal. Precipitation, my gosh, you know, Jim, it's always hard to get precipitation right. But, you know, there are some maps that are showing a little wetter than normal, a little bit more snow. And if it's a wet snow, that's even better because there's more moisture associated with that. So a little hard to say, but I think it's not going to be the La Nina, Siberian kind of polar express kind of winter that we've had a few bits of it already. Hey, that'll come back. I mean, we'll see some cold. I mean, I'm not telling you it's going to have a protracted January thaw from January the 1st to, to the end of April. No, no, no. I mean, there'll be moments that will you wish you were somewhere else, but I don't think it's going to be the relentless kind of cold that December has kind of been. I think we're going to see some more Pacific air, southerly air, and less Arctic and polar and Siberian air. David Phillips is a senior climatologist with Environment. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. Sean Haney and Lindsay Smith here from realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. Let's talk fertilizer markets. What's going on right now with prices and supply as farmers really be are in that process of planning for 2023 in the cropping season ahead of us. Joining us to chat about fertilizer is Josh Linville of Stonex. Hey, Josh, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Great to have you. Okay, so one of the things that Lindsay and I have really been thinking about and talking about is it feels, Josh, like if you think to this time last year, there was a lot of volatility. Fertilizer prices were really moving higher. Then, of course, Russia started bombing the crap out of Ukraine, and that that conflict, that war is still underway. But when you think about the fertilizer 
prices, it feels like things have somewhat stabilized. And I, I'm starting to see more and more reports that fertilizer price is actually headed down, not up. Is that what's going on? Absolutely. Uh, it's We saw the phosphate in the potash markets turn around. It was late March, early April. And the reason for that is the farmers had been talking all the way through winter saying, hey, phosphate, potash, the prices are far too high. I'm not going to spend the money. I'm going to reduce my application rates. I'm going to take steps to offset these almost historical high prices. A lot of the industry sat there and said, oh, A, we either don't believe you, or B, we don't care prices or product is so tight. Well, actually, we got into spring. It was a very, very poor application. Uh, application rates were down. Uh, uh, you know, demand was down. And then prices have been sliding ever since. And we actually just got done through fall. Well, we don't have the official numbers yet. Everything that we look at right now is indicating it was a third poor application season in a row and prices continue to fall. Uh, nitrogen, we've seen things happen. You know, European production has restarted to a certain extent. Um, Russian exports have continued to flow. And then demand has been much more cagey this year, hoping for a better situation. So yeah, here recently, we've seen prices come down. The, the thing we've been talking about for two and a half years finally starting to happen. Mm. Lindsay? So looking perhaps a little bit more regional, we still have, of course, that tariff on uh, Russian-sourced nitrogen for, for any product coming into Canada. So has that completely kiboshed direct uh, shipments here to Canada? Has it been effective, at least for direct shipments? It has for direct, absolutely. However, what we've seen is a little bit of a, I'm going to say a workaround, and I'm not sure that's the right term for it. But where Russia can't come directly to Canada, Russia has been going directly to the U.S. And what that does is Russia tons flow in, that offsets tons in the U.S., whether that's U.S. produced or brought in from around the world, not Russia, those tons flow up into Canada. And so while it's not a direct shipment, it's an indirect, the effect hasn't been as severe as I think some people were originally fearful for, but there is an effect. I mean, there is definitely a premium being paid by Canadian farmers due to this duty. Yeah. I, yeah, I use, I think it's fertilizer laundering is what we call it. Remember when China wasn't <laughs> buying American soybeans, but also in Argentina became like this, they, they exported more beans than they actually produced. It's kind of like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, it is, but that, that is trade flow though, right? Is that if you, right. the world still needs X amount of such, right? So if you can't get it from one place, we are, you just get it from somewhere else and everything sort of flows. That's how it works. One of the big things I always talk about in my presentations is, everybody, you are part of a world market, whether you want to believe it or not, and we operate on a global S&D. Now, yes, you can see situations where well, Russia isn't coming to Canada. No, it's not, but it's flowing to another place, and it's flowing up into Canada that way. And same thing with the grains. Well, we're not shipping it to the place we usually do. That's okay, because we're shipping it somewhere else, and they're shipping it to them. So it still comes down to a global S&D, and that's what truly drives global pricing. To finish up here then, is 23 going to be the year where we have regret if you bought early? Yeah, there is, uh, there are some people not in a good mood right now. Uh, you know, phosphate potash, I think some people purchased and thought, okay, uh, fall demand's coming around. That's going to start pushing prices up. That has not been the case. Um, now, in hydrous, if you bought that in the summertime uh, for fall application, you got it applied you're sitting pretty well. You're sitting in a good spot. It's a little bit of a mixed bag. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CK.
CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Mainly sunny today, light winds this afternoon, the high today... Minus 25, 60% chance of light snow overnight, the low minus 30, wind chill near minus 39. Wednesday, light snow in near noon, then partly cloudy, wind northwest 20, the high minus 24 tomorrow, wind chill near minus 39, the low minus 25. Thursday, partly cloudy, the high minus 21, the low minus 30. Friday, sunny with a high minus 26, the low minus 30. Saturday, sunny, the high minus 21, same temperature for the low, minus 21. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high minus 11. Sunday, the low, minus 18. Monday, partly cloudy, the high, minus 9. Normal high for this date is minus 10, the normal low, minus 21. The sun rose at 8.56 this morning, it sets at 4.56 tonight. And currently the hot spot up north, Island Falls is the hot spot at minus 25. The cold spot, west central Saskatchewan, Kindersley at minus 35. Estevan and Saskatoon, both minus 31. Swift Current, minus 33. Weyburn, minus 31. Yorkton, minus 26. Clear skies in Regina, minus 33. That's 27 below Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west northwest at 17. Humidity is 66%. The barometer rising, 104.3. Sunny in Moose Jaw, minus 31. Winds are from the west at 21. Once again, Regina has a clear sky and minus 33. That's 27 below Fahrenheit. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada. Before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils, maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. Farm Credit Canada's chief economist speculates interest rates have reached their peak after a series of hikes this year. J.P. Gervais is projecting the rate hikes have plateaued and will remain at that level for most of 2023. He reflects on 2022 and the farm economy. Well, I believe that it's hard to argue that overall inflation is the number one topic when it comes to one of the biggest economic drivers of the entire year. But inflation shows up in in many different ways. It has lots of different nuances as well, right? So on the one side of the equation, if you look at operations, the farm operations, the the profit, uh, profitability in 2022, things were fairly positive. I mean, high commodity prices, we got some some good yields as well in 2022, as opposed to the year that the disastrous that we had in, in 2021. So overall, I mean, revenues are very strong. And so we're looking at some some say, significant increases in 2022 and part of the crop in 22 will be marketed in 2023. So the outlook for gross revenues in this context of high inflation and so forth has been positive. And I think it shows up as, as, as fairly positive, cautious optimism for 2023. 
Now, the other part of, of the inflation story is, is all about uh, higher interest rates. Uh, and of course, we've had our uh, significant. We've seen significant increases in the Bank of Canada when it, uh, interest rates, and that turned out to uh, raise borrowing costs for farm operations. So that's one thing. And then the second thing is the high input costs that we've had for most of the year in 2022. And on that basis, I do think that we expect maybe a bit more of the same uh, for 2023, in the sense that you know we're still going to have uh, input costs being elevated. Interest rates are not going to be coming down until the very end of 2023. In our uh, in our analysis. So overall, I think we're, we're, we're looking at a profitability that might be a little bit challenged in, in 2023 for some sectors of the economy. Livestock sector, how's it look? Well, I, I think that for the livestock sector, it all depends on the strength of demand. I mean, we've had some significant inflationary pressures for consumers at the retail level in 2022. And historically, the red meat sector, if you think of, of pork and beef, those sectors have been some of the most sensitive when it comes to the overall broader economy uh, or, or co- economic context. So I'm thinking, for example, the likelihood of a recession in Canada in, in early 2023, uh, perhaps as well some of the, the tighter income outlook that, that will materialize for consumers because they face high inflation as well as you know wages that are still going up but not necessarily at the same rate of inflation. They have to account for higher interest rates. So maybe that's the watch out for livestock sectors because otherwise, you know, if you look at what's going on in the U.S., we've had um, supply on the supply side in the U.S. I think things might actually be supportive for prices in the North American livestock sector. So I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic, but I, we do think that uh, the strength of demand, both domestically as well in export markets, is really going to uh, drive the entire year, whether or not this is going to be a positive year for the livestock sector. So you feel interest rates are pretty well close to their plateau for most of 2023? Yeah, I think we were, we're projecting that the bank will stop raising interest rates and that uh, they'll plateau at this level, but for some, for some time, right? So I don't think that because we anticipate an economic slowdown in early 2023, whether or not this is a recession, we'll see. But at the end of the day, there will be a, an economic slowdown in Canada. Don't expect, though that the Bank of Canada rate will decline in the early part of 2023. Actually, we think that they will stay pretty much where it's at right now for most of 2023. And because the financial markets are always forward-looking, right, the expectation from the financial market standpoint is pretty much the same. So we've seen the five-year bond, uh, the five-year mortgage rates come down as well, you know, because of so the anticipation that those Bank of Canada rates will plateau. So basically what you're seeing right now in terms of interest rates in the marketplace might be what you're seeing for most of the year in 2023. So I think it gives a little bit of uh, a little bit of guidance to operations in terms of choosing whether or not to go short term, long term when it comes to, uh, you know, renewing loans and, and setting the interest rates for the next little while here. So it gives a little bit of guidance to expect that here. Yeah, interest rates will have plateaued and but don't expect rates to come down anytime soon. J.P. Gervais is the chief economist with Regina-based FC. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com The Canary Seed Development Commission of Saskatchewan held its annual meeting last Wednesday in Regina. A resolution was introduced by the Board of Directors to ask the Provincial Agri-Food Council to boost the producer checkoff on August 1st, 2023. 
The resolution requested the $1.75 a ton levy be increased to $2.50 a ton, the jump being 75 cents. It would be the first levy increase since the Canary Sea Development Commission was formed in 2006. Kevin Hurst is the Executive Director of the Canary Sea Development Commission of Saskatchewan. In the year, early years of the Commission, a great deal of producer money and, and government money from various programs was expended to get human food approval for dehulled canary seed. But in the last year or two, the amount spent on human food is very low. We're now down to spending money on agronomy research, breeding research, and, and projects of that nature, communication with growers. And we're still running a deficit. We're drawing down reserves, and it's difficult to know where you would want to cut. And eventually, if you, as you draw down reserves, you'll have to cut something. So the board made the decision that they would ask uh, producers if they'd be in favor of an increase and did the research to compare canary seed levy with the levy collected on other crops on a, a per acre basis and growers responded and the growers that uh, were present at the annual meeting and we made every effort to try to include everybody and, and had Zoom available for the people that couldn't attend in person but there was really good support for a levy increase. So now it's up to Agri-Food Council if they believe it's enough of, of support or whether they want more evidence of support going forward. But hopefully they'll approve the increase that was requested. Canary seed producers were also updated on a situation involving levies from the 2021-2022 crop year, which ended July 31st. We're mystified as to why the export numbers are not lining up with the levy collected. In past years, you know, exports go up or down a little bit, but levy always follows what the export numbers say. In the year ending July 31st, export numbers were actually up substantially, but our levy collection was down substantially. And we can't explain it from timing issues coming in and out of the fiscal year. We can't uh, explain it from commercial stocks that were being held and then hit the export market. It doesn't seem to make any sense at all. Uh, production in Alberta and Manitoba exists, but is very small. And we can't believe that is the reason for uh, the discrepancy either. So it's something we continue to monitor, but we're really struggling to figure out why those numbers are now diverging and whether the export reporting is wrong or whether somehow we're missing levy that's kevin hirsch is the executive director of the canary sea development commission of the market updates with jim smalley on the source 620 ckrm market update brought to you by freeze tom and lumber since 1956 freeze tom and has been your trusted building material supplier for every type of project freeze tom and in regina and fort capel and farm fresh water they'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable get your farm fresh water today at farmfreshwater.ca and nelson gm in assiniboia and avonlea looking for the perfect vehicle they'll make a match that exactly fits your agriculture lifestyle proudly serving southern saskatchewan for over 60 years
Grain prices were showing upward movement. Viterra prices for canola gained 20 cents at 8.1702. Number one red spring wheat rose 507 at $420.32. The rest were unchanged. Durham 496.28. Feed barley 352.87. Chickpeas 925.95. Flax 682.98. Lentils 752.50. Oats 254.32, yellow peas 476.89, and feed wheat 289.56. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for March gained 10 cents at 9.18 and a quarter. It's the Livestock Reports on the Source 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock 842-4574. And now, the latest Livestock Quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of December 20th. Our last regular sale was on December 7th. D1 and D2 cows sold from 75 cents to 90 cents. D3 cows sold from 65 cents to 75 cents. Counter cows sold from 45 cents to 60 cents. Good heiferettes sold from $1.30 to $1.60. And good butcher bulls sold from $1.15 to $1.35. Our last pre-sorted sale was on December 5th, 300 to 400 pound steers averaged two dollars and eighty eight cents and sold at the three dollars and twenty one cents four hundred to four fifty pound steers averaged two dollars and eighty nine cents and sold at the three dollars and sixteen cents four fifty to five hundred pound steers averaged two dollars and eighty five cents and sold at the three dollars and sixteen cents five hundred to five fifty pound steers averaged two dollars and seventy five cents and sold at the three dollars and six cents five fifty to six hundred pound steers averaged two dollars and sixty two cents it sold at the two dollars and eighty nine cents. Six hundred to six fifty pound steers averaged two dollars and fifty six cents. It sold at the two dollars and seventy two cents. Six fifty to seven hundred pound steers averaged two dollars and fifty one cents. It sold at the two dollars and sixty one cents. Seven hundred to eight hundred pound steers averaged two dollars and thirty seven cents. It sold at the two dollars and fifty two cents. Heifers were about forty to forty five cents back from the steers. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock exchange also wishing you and your loved ones a very merry christmas and the latest saskatchewan pork prices two hundred dollars 58 cents per ckg coming up this is the saskatchewan resource reports on 620 ckrm here's jim smalley now the resource report brought to you by second look online auction visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid Retail sales posted their biggest increase in five months in October. Stats Canada report sales rose 1.4% to $62 billion. The number got a boost from higher sales at gasoline stations and food and beverage stores. The preliminary estimate for November points to a 0.5% drop in retail sales. Calgary-based Imperial Oil says its 2023 capital spending plan reflects the company's pursuit of attractive opportunities to reduce emissions, increase production, and increase profitability. Imperial plans to spend $1.7 billion. That will include the cost of ramping up its Strathcona Renewable Diesel Project and the application of solvent technologies at its Cold Lake facility. 
On the markets, the TSX has risen 116 points to 19,316. The Dow has gained 40 points to 32,798. Oil has gone down 13 cents at 75.25 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is at 73.40 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide.